0: Welcome to the Haringey Education Partnership Brief. It's Monday, the 14th of March. I'm Luke.
1: And I'm Maya, and we're here to bring you up to date with what's happening in education. Here's what you need to know this week. Dame Rachel D'Souza, the Children's Commissioner, has called for reforms to the ways in which pupil data is collected. The calls came after it was found that most councils don't know how many students are missing education in their areas. Most councils were unable to say how many children miss school while waiting for a placement, or how many are educated at home or in private schools. The councils have responded by warning that the safety net provided by local government and schools is stretched to capacity, especially thanks to the pandemic.
0: With the ongoing invasion of Ukraine, Some school leaders are seeking to end gas contracts with Russian firm Gazprom. Most academy trusts and schools that seek to do so, however, are facing severe financial penalties. With rising energy prices, backing out of contracts could potentially take millions of pounds away from children's education, which would then go to pay for new deals at much higher prices. Graham Burns, education partner at law firm Stone King, said the current situation in Ukraine would not be a lawful reason to terminate contracts, as trusts examine their legal options of cutting ties with Gazprom. Unions want the Department for Education to make emergency funding available to cover cancelled contract costs, but no action has been taken as of yet.
1: TES reported that the government is to hand a new, UK-wide online curriculum contract to the remote learning provider Oak National Academy. Oak National Academy may be familiar to some, as it launched in April 2020 under the REACH Foundation to support COVID-19 resilience and teacher workload. Now it appears the government is to give Oak the national contract to run a nationwide online academy as part of its levelling up plans. It said the new organisation is to provide free curriculum resources to schools across the UK and stated Oakwood offer the best lessons from the very best teachers online.
0: Only 29% of disabled students in England are receiving the Disabled Students Allowance, or DSA, according to a recent report. The report detailed numbers of people who received the allowance in 2019 and 2020. It also stated that those who have been through the application process complained of bureaucracy, long delays, inconsistent quality of support, and a lack of communication. Ex-Paralympic swimmer Lord Chris Holmes wrote the report, and says that although the DSA is a gem of a policy, too few people know of its existence, and the application process is too daunting. According to The Guardian, a student loans company spokesperson said reforms were already underway to improve and speed up the DSA application process. This week's Deep Dive the Department for Education's Guidance for Political Impartiality. With daily coverage of the invasion of Ukraine in the news, we thought it would be more important than ever to bring up the new set of political impartiality guidance released by the DfE last month. There was quite a bit of talk about this when it came out, but it appears most of that buzz was generated by the news media, which may have distorted some of the guidance itself. In fact, from statistics gathered by TeacherTap, While only 6% of teachers and 10% of head teachers had read the actual guidance, over 60% had read news about it. Here at HEP, we decided to dedicate our deep dive to that guidance and clarify it for any teachers out there who may be unsure about what it entails.
1: Before approaching sensitive political subjects in the classroom, there are a couple of things to remember. First, teaching about political issues and the different views held on these is an essential part of a broad and balanced curriculum. Introducing them in the classroom helps students become active citizens. Second, legal duties on political impartiality do not limit the range of political issues and viewpoints schools can teach about. To be clear, the guidance does not indicate any change of law about teaching political issues at school.
0: Speaking of the law, what are the legal duties on political impartiality in schools? Well, for one, schools must not promote partisan political views in teaching. Of course, you can teach about partisan viewpoints, but, in the words of the guidance, you must not encourage pupils to support or adopt a one-sided view expressed with a political
1: purpose. A slightly trickier legal requirement is that teachers should offer a balanced presentation of opposing views when political issues are brought to the attention of pupils. This is primarily left up to the individual practitioner's judgment, but there is an emphasis on avoiding bias and challenging misinformation.
0: The D.F.E. provides a three-step plan for ensuring that teaching is in line with school's legal duties on political impartiality. First, identify political issues in advance so that you can prepare a balanced lesson. Second, think about the age and existing knowledge of your pupils. Keep this in mind while considering the complexity and age appropriateness of the lesson. Third, select resources carefully, being mindful of bias that may not be so obvious. Assess the organizations that produce these resources to figure out their own biases.
1: When working with external agencies, schools can work with organizations that engage in political activity or hold partisan political views, but you should make sure that they do not promote these views to pupils. Extreme organizations encouraging criminal activity or the abolition of democracy should always be avoided.
0: One of the examples given by the DFE concerns teaching students about historical figures and may have been misquoted in several news stories. We'll read the example and link others in the show notes as well. When teaching younger students about historical figures with contested legacies, it may be advisable to focus on what these figures are most renowned for and factual information about them, if teachers think pupils may not be able to understand the contested aspects of their lives, beliefs, and actions.
1: For parents and teachers alike, The Guardian has some advice for talking to younger children about political subjects like the war in Ukraine. It starts with asking children what they already know about it. Being open and honest with children while acknowledging and containing our own feelings about the subject is a good option. The more they can put their thoughts and feelings into words, the less likely anxiety will manifest itself in the form of problematic behaviour.
0: Finally, if you're looking for a more practical resource, The Economist has released some resources about the conflict in Ukraine that follow the government guidance and provide videos and quizzes to help teach about the politically charged situation. We've linked them in the show notes. This
1: week, at hell. Today from 3.30pm, Christine Council and Steve Maston will host Session 1 of the ECT Plus Primary course, Understanding and Implementing a Knowledge-Rich Curriculum. Tomorrow on the 15th of March, we have the MFL Subject Network with Bernadette Clinton from 3.30pm. The Parental Engagement Network is scheduled on the 16th of March from 3.45pm. And on the 17th, we have Tarjinda Gill hosting the English Subject Network from 3.45pm. All sessions are virtual and are available to book on our website. This week, we've been watching the selection of videos Tom Sherrington has recorded for us from our new Walkthroughs pack. It's no secret we're big Walkthroughs fans here at HEP. Mastering the craft of teaching and pedagogy are as vital as a well-planned and sequenced curriculum transferring the what to the how so that students are able to know more and remember more. These videos help you do just that. Want to get your hands on it? Get in touch with us at info at
0: This week, we've been listening to School Colours, a narrative podcast from Brooklyn Deep about how race, class, and power shape American cities and schools. The eight-part series kicks off in Bedford-Stuyvesant, Brooklyn one of the most iconic historically black neighborhoods in the United States. 50 years ago, schools in bed District 16 were so overcrowded that students went to school in shifts. Today, they're half empty. Why? A fascinating look at the history of central Brooklyn and the American education system. You can listen to the series wherever you listen to us.
1: This week, we've been reading, good questions are a kind of salvation. On learning how to listen for Deep Story by Cole Arthur Rowley. This article is full of questions that will get you thinking. What image comes to mind when I ask you what joy is? Tell me about a moment when you are angry and unashamed for it. What's the hardest you've ever laughed? We link to the piece in the show notes.
0: That's it for our Monday, 14th of March, Hep Brief. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, share on social media, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This really helps people find our show. This brief has been written and produced by Maya Cardwell and Luke Kemper. Music by Shane Ivers. We'll see you next week.